All right, so now we're moving on to the next topic, which is head and neck anatomy. So we've got a few things that we'll go over, and we'll I'll first read over which topics we'll cover, and then we'll go and dive into more of a detail with each topic. So first, it will be the osteology, the nervous system, blood vessels, muscles of the head and neck, the tongue, practice review questions, and the odontogenesis, the histology, the salivary glands, TMJ, and dental anatomy. So those are all topics within head and neck anatomy that you must know. And you will know at the end of the podcast, make sure that you listen to this over and over until it seeps into your brain. So we're going to start off the first thing that I'm going to discuss is the osteology. So these are the bones of the skull, the skull. I'm going to say the names of the bones of the skull. Then I'm going to go back through again and describe each, each term. So first we have frontal, occipital, ethmoid, vomer, sphenoid, temporal, parietal, mandible, maxilla, nasal, lacrimal zygomatic the inferior nasal concha concha the palatine or palatine and the bilateral bones so now i'm going to go back up to the top again and say the term and we'll describe where it is on the the bones of the skull so first we've got the front the frontal is the forehead occipital back of the skull transmits the spinal cord through the foramen magnum ethmoid is the roof of the nasal cavity and the nasal septum the vomer vomer is the bone of the nasal septum the sphenoid is protect protection of the brain, temporal protection of the brain, parietal protection of the brain, mandible, lower jaw bone, alveolar process supports the teeth, maxilla is the upper jaw, bo- jaw bones, and the alveolar process supports the teeth. Nasal, bridge of the nose, lacrimal, most medial bone of the orbit, the zygomatic, cheekbones, inferior nasal concha, Concha is the lateral walls of the nasal cavity. Palatine makes up the hard palate along with the maxillary bones and bilateral bones. Now we've got the hyoid bone. This is a horseshoe-shaped bone in the midline, just inferior to the mandible. This bone does not form a joint with any other bone. We also have a foramina. This is a foramen is a window-like opening in a bone. So let me go through the foramina. We've got a superior orbital fissure. This is in the sphenoid bone. Foramen rotundum, also sphenoid bone. Foramen ovale. This is sphenoid bone. The stylomastoid foramen. This is the temporal bone. Now I'm going to go back through and explain, we're going to say the foramina again, and then also s- explain the, um, the nerve. So we've got superior orbital fissure. But like I said, this is, for, this is in the sphenoid bone. This is trigeminal first division. And then nerve six. Foramen rotundum, sphenoid bone, trigeminal nerve, second division, and then it is, you know what, it's V2. So the first one is V1, the second one is V2, not division six. So it is second division for the foramen rotundum. We also have the foramen ovale, and this is also on the sphenoid bone, the trigeminal nerve, third division, and this is V3. And then last, we've got the stylomastoid foramen. This is on the temporal bone, and here the nerve is the facial nerve, which is nerve seven. Moving on to landmarks of the sphenoid bone. Superior orbital fissure, foramen rotundum, and foramen ovale. Greater wing and lesser wing, medial pterygoid plate and lateral pterygoid plate. The hamulus, it's a finger-like projection of the medial pterygoid plate. 
There's also some photos. I'll make sure that I post those in the, no the notes section. Now, I want to explain um, a chart. It's the Cranial Nerve Study Guide. This you must know. You will be asked questions on this, so make sure that you go over this as many times as you need. I'm going to explain the chart verbally the best that I can. How I'll break this up is the, the nerve number, the name of the nerve, whether it's sensory or motor, and then the function. So you need to know those four things for all of the nerves. So I'm actually going to start another chapter for the podcast. That way you can just kind of go back and make it a little easier. All right, guys, so now we are going to go over the cranial nerves study guide. I want you to really be familiar with this and go over this as many times as you need. Make sure that you know the number. You're going to need to know the number of the of the nerve. You're going to need to know the name of the nerve, whether it's sensory or motor, and then also the function. So how I'm going to do this is I'm going to go through, it is in chronological order, so 1 through 12, I'm going to say the name, I will describe whether it is sensory or motor, and then we will go over the function. <clears throat> so let's get cracking. So the first nerve, number one, is olfactory. It is a sensory motor, or sorry, it is a sensory nerve. Olfactory is sensory nerve, and the function is sense of smell. Number two is optic. This is also sensory, and the function is sense of sight. Number three, this is the oculomotor. It is a motor nerve, uh, and think about the function as eye muscles, pupils, lens, levator, papebrae, superioris muscle. Number Four, this is a trochlear. This is also a motor, and the function is eye muscles. Number five, we have trigeminal. There is V1, V2, V3. V1 is ophthalmic division, which is sensory. V2 is the max maxillary division, which is sensory. V3 is the mandibular division, which is B for both, so sensory and motor for the mandibular division. Now, <clears throat> this function for trigeminal, is trigeminal ganglion is the sensory part of the nerve skin near upper eye nasal cavity and forehead upper teeth oral and nasal cavity skin of cheek lower teeth anter anterior tongue skin of lip and chin and muscles of mastication now moving on to six so the name is abducens this is m for motor and then the function is eye muscles and seven, this is the facial nerve, and this is both sensory and motor. The function is muscles of facial expression, parasympathetic to sublingual and submandibular salivary glands. Taste to anterior tongue, which is sensory. The corda tympani is branched to glands tongue, and stylomastoid foramen is the foramen. And eight. The name of the eighth nerve is the vestibulocochlear or vestibulocochlear, and it is a sensory nerve, and the function is sense of hearing and balance. Now we've got nine. So the glossopharyngeal is both sensory and motor. The function here is taste, sensation to posterior tongue, parasympathetic to parotid salivary gland, the motor nerve to stylopharyngeus muscle. And number 10, this is vagus. And it is both sensory and motor. Muscles of the pharynx and larynx, muscles of the soft palate, smooth muscle and glands of the body, cardiac muscle, root of the tongue, and epiglottis. And now 11, this is the accessory nerve and we've got motor this is a motor nerve and the function is trapezius the sternocleidomastoid muscles of pharynx larynx and soft palate and now we've made it to number 12 this is the hypoglossal and this glossal is is also referred to as tongue so it is a motor nerve and the function here is muscles of the tongue except except always remember exceptions if you see something that says except remember the exceptions except palatoglossus 
And now a quick hint here is one, so it says one, two, and eight are pure sensory nerves. So smell, sight, hearing, and equilibrium. Three, four, and six are pure motor nerves to the muscles of the eye. So here to remember is it does give a different uh, mnemonic and it's, oh, once one takes the anatomy final, very good vacations are heavenly. I hope this helps guys. Let's continue the learning here. We're going to go into more detail with the trigeminal nerve. This is the fifth nerve, trigeminal nerve. So we have the ophthalmic, which is four, leaves the skull through the superior orbital fissure, sensory nerve only. There are three major branches. You have the frontal nerve, the lacrimal nerve, and the, naso, the nasociliary nerve. Now, going back up to the first one, the frontal nerve, we have supraorbital, supraorbital nerve. This is the skin above the eye and the forehead. The supratrochlear nerve, this is skin of upper medial corner of the eye. Now, going on to the third major branch is the lacrimal nerve, skin above the lateral eye and lacrimal gland. Number three, the nasociliary nerve. Nerve. This is the ethmoid nerve, so nasal cavity. The infratrochlear nerve. This is skin at medial inferior corner of the eye. Now, maxillary. This is the V2. Leaves the skull through the foramen rotundum. Sensory nerve to upper teeth, oral and nasal cavity. Skin of cheek and temporal region. Now we've got some major branches or six major branches. So first I'm going to go over all six and then go into detail. So we have zygomatic, infraorbital, the posterior superior alveolar, the sphenopalatine nerve, the pterygopalatine nerve, and the descending palatine nerve. So now we'll go back up to number one of the major branches, the zygomatic. This is sensory to the skin of the side of the head and cheek. Number two, the infraorbital, sensory to upper lip, nose, maxillary, labial, gingiva. And underneath the infraorbital, we have middle superior alveolar nerve, premolars, and the mesial buckle of first molar, anterior superior alveolar nerve, maxillary anterior teeth, posterior superior alveolar, this is molars except the MB of the first molar. The sphenopalatine nerve, this is the fourth major branch, this, the nasopalatine nerve, so the lingual gingiva of maxillary incisors, the superior lateral nasal nerves, this is walls of nasal cavity, and number five, the fifth major branch, is the pterygopalatine nerve. So the greater petrosal nerve, this is the parasympathetic or parasympathetic to the lacrimal gland, and deep petrosal nerve. And number six, this is the sixth major branch, descending palatine nerve. Greater palatine, mucosa of the hard palate. Lesser palatine, this is mucosa of the soft palate. We're finally on the third V3. This is mandibular. It leaves the skull through the foramen ovale. Sensory nerve to lower teeth, gingiva, lip, and tongue. Motor nerve to chewing muscles and mylohyoid muscle. And the major branches here, there are six major branches for the V3 um, or the mandibular. And we have inferior of alveolar nerve, the lingual nerve, buccal nerve, mylohyoid nerve, the auriculotemporal nerve, and the motor branches to temporalis, masseter, medial, lateral, pterygoid muscles. I'm going to go back over that, um, the major branches. I really don't like how it's, it's organized in the book. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each nerve again and describe where that the, the nerve innervates. So going back again, so starting from the top, these RV3 mandibular nerve. So we have the, the inferior alveolar nerve. This is the lower teeth. 
mental nerve. This is the lower lip, chin, facial gingiva, and anterior area. The lingual nerve. This is floor of the mouth, lingual gingiva, anterior tongue. The buccal nerve. This is buccal gingiva up to the mental foramen and cheek. Mylohyoid nerve. This is the motor nerve to mylohyoid muscle. And the auriculotemporal nerve. This is skin above, above and in front of the ear. Motor branches to temporalis, masseter, medial, lateral, uh, pterygoid muscles. So we also have a really good photo of um, a chart, if you will, of where the the nerves are in the face. So that's going to be put into the note section. I think that the visual for for this is way better than verbally describing each nerve. So hopefully that will bring you a little more um a little light on the subject. And we are moving on to nerve branches to the teeth and gingiva. This is review and summary. So we have the maxillary anesthesia. All nerves are branches of the maxillary second division of the trigeminal nerve five. Nerves to the teeth are the superior alveolar nerves, posterior superior alveolar nerves, so third, second, and first molars, except for the MB of the first molar, mesial buckle of the first molar. The middle superior alveolar nerve is the premolars and the mesial buckle of the first molar. Anterior superior alveolar nerve is the incisors and cuspids. The maxillary buccal gingiva is supplied by the same nerve as the tooth in the area. Nerves to palatal gingiva is the palatine nerves. The nasopalatine nerve is gingiva in the anterior, and the greater palatine nerve is the gingiva in the posterior. We also have the mandibular anesthesia. So all nerves are branches of the mandibular third division of the trigeminal nerve, which is the fifth, the five. So an inferior alveolar nerve is the teeth. The lingual nerve is the lingual, lingual gingiva. The buccal nerve is the buccal gingiva posterior to the foramen or the mental foramen. And mental nerve is buccal gingiva anterior to the mental foramen, the mental the mental nerve is a branch of the alveolar nerve. We are moving on to blood supply of the head and neck. So we have the SA node, the sinoatrial node, tissue in the wall of the right atrium that initiates cardiac cycles, so the pacemaker of the heart. Artery, vessels carrying blood away, artery A, blood away from the heart so oxygenated blood vein vessel carrying blood toward the heart deoxygenated blood and then we also have the coronary arteries so supplies blood to the wall of the heart now we also have blood flow of the heart these structures carry deoxygenated deoxygenated blood these structures carry oxygenated blood so here with the blood flow of the heart it is a, um, a a little a little chart, so I'm going to say that again. Um, the deoxygenated blood and the oxygenated blood, and the structures. So I'll say the blood first, and then we will go over the structures second. So first we have the structures that carry deoxygenated blood are superior and inferior vena cava, right atrium, tricuspid valve, right ventricle, pulmonary artery, and lungs. Now we're gonna go over the structures that carry oxygenated blood. Lungs, pulmonary veins, left atrium, bicuspid mitral valve, left ventricle, and aorta. Now moving on to blood flow from the heart to the head. So we've got the aorta, the brachiocephalic artery, on the right side only, it's unilateral. Common carotid artery branches into the internal carotid artery, the skull, eye, and brain, and the external carotid artery, which are teeth, oral and nasal cavities, muscles of mastication, tongue and floor of the mouth, facial muscles, lips, and others. Blood flow to oral and facial structures. We have branches of the external carotid artery. We've got the maxillary artery, which is teeth, muscles of mastication, oral and nasal cavities, palate, and ear. You have the lingual artery, so think tongue, floor of mouth, tonsils, and epiglottis. The facial artery, so this is muscles of the facial expression, lips, eyelid, muscles, 
and skin of the nose, muscles of the soft palate and pharynx. And then we've got other branches, so superior thyroid, ascending pharyngeal, occipital, posterior, auricular, and superficial temporal arteries. There are beautiful pictures in here that are very simple. They will also be in the notes section. And then we're going to move on to the veins of the head and neck. Veins of the head and neck. In general, veins run with arteries and often have the same name as the artery. One exception, remember, always remember the exceptions. The exception to this in the head and neck region is the jugular veins, which run with the carotid arteries. So guys, we're going to go on through. Um, there are six veins and we'll actually there are seven veins so we'll go over all seven and then also go into detail so first we have the internal jugular vein facial vein lingual vein pterachoid plexus maxillary maxillary vein superficial temporal vein and the cavernous sinus so going back up to the top with the internal jugular vein drains entire brain area plus most tissues of the head and neck you've got the facial vein number two drains facial structures nose lips eyes submental and submandibular areas facial vein drains into the internal jugular vein vein number three this is the lingual vein drains area of the tongue may drain into facial vein or directly into the internal jugular vein now we've got the pterachoid plexus a collection of veins found near the maxillary tuberosity and pterachoid muscles small veins from the teeth muscles of mastication buccinator nose and palate drain into this plexus this plexus of veins may be pierced if the angulation of the needle is incorrect during a posterior superior alveolar nerve block if this occurs a hematoma hematoma may form in the area all of the blood in the pterygoid plexus drains together to form the maxillary vein now moving on to the maxillary vein formed by the drainage of the venous blood from the pterygoid plexus you also have the superior or superficial sorry superficial temporal vein drains areas supplied by maxillary and superficial temporal arteries the superficial temporal vein and the maxillary vein form the retromandibular vein the venous drainage is highly variable different people have different vein patterns my goodness is this true you will see this in the real world so drain teeth drain into pterygoid plexus then into the maxillary vein the retromandibular vein connects the internal and external jugular veins and distributes blood between them blood returns to the heart via the retromandibular vein internal and external jugular vein subclavian vein brachiocephalic vein superior vena cava and then back into the right atrium of the heart now, lastly, the cavernous sinus, a sinus containing venous blood near the base of the brain behind the bridge of the nose. It's untreated, <clears throat> untreated infections may spread through the ophthalmic veins into the sinus, become stagnant and cause serious damage, even death. Now we're moving on to the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is an accumulation of tiny channels with small nodular, nodular structures, so the lymph nodes, interconnecting the channels. The function of the lymphatic system is to help the venous system in returning fluids to the bloodstream from tissues of the body. The lymphatic system is also part of the immune system. So the lymph node groups here are the parotid nodes, buccal nodes, occipital nodes, superficial cervical nodes, submental nodes, submandibular nodes, anterior cervical nodes, lymph nodes, point to remember. The submental nodes drain fluid from the mandibular incisors, tip of the tongue, midline of the lip, chin and floor of the mouth. The submental nodes drain into the submandibular nodes. The submandibular nodes drain fluid from all teeth except, except the mandibular incisors and possibly the third molars. The submandibular nodes drain into the superior deep cervical nodes. The superior deep cervical nodes drain fluid from the submandibular nodes, third molars, and the wall of the throat. 
The retropharyngeal nodes are part of these nodes and are the first affected if the throat infection is, is present. The superior deep superficial the superior deep cervical nodes drain into the inferior deep cervical nodes. The inferior deep cervical nodes drain fluid from the superior nodes and the occipital nodes. The fluid in these nodes drains back into the bloodstream. We have the lymphatic fluid drainage. So we've got the submental nodes, the submandibular nodes, the superior deep super superior deep cervical nodes, inferior deep cervical nodes, and the right and left jugular trunks, right lymphatic duct, and the left thoracic duct. Lymphatic fluid re-enters the bloodstream at the junction of the jugular and subclavian veins. We are on to the muscles of mastication. So these are chewing muscles. The innervation is mandibular division of the trigeminal nerve five, blood supply, maxillary artery, branch of the external carotid artery. So now we've got four different muscles that we're going to talk about. So number one, and actually we'll, I'm going to say all four muscles. We're going to go back and then we're going to describe the origin the insertion and the action. So all four muscles are the temporalis, the masseter, medial pterygoid, and a lateral pterygoid. So going back up again to the temporalis, we've got the temporalis muscle and the origin is the temporal fossa. The insertion is the cor cor the coronoid process, mandible distal to the third molar. The action is it retracts the mandible and elevates the mandible. Number two, or the second muscle is the masseter. The origin is the zygomatic arch. The insertion is outside surface of the mandible, angle and ramus of the mandible. And the action is it, it elevates the mandible. Now we've got the medial pterygoid. The origin is the medial side of the pterygoid plate in maxillary tuberosity. The insertion is the medial surface of angle of the mandible. And the action is it elevates the mandible and protrudes the mandible. And lastly is the lateral pterygoid. This is the only one to depress. The lateral is depressing if you need something to think about or remember. Now we've got the origin again is the infra temporal surface of the sphenoid bone, lateral surface of the lateral pterygoid plate. The insertion is the TMJ disc and neck of the mandibular condyle. The action is it protrudes the mandible, depresses the mandible. If one side contracts, lateral shift side to side movement. We have more muscles to talk about. Now we're going to discuss muscles of the facial expression. So we do have um, innervation, we'll discuss first, the blood supply second, and the smile muscles third. This will be fun. So innervation is the facial muscle, the facial nerve. Seven is the motor nerve to the muscles of facial expression. The blood supply, the facial artery is the blood supply to these muscles. Remember, the facial artery is a branch of the external carotid artery. Smile muscles, the muscles that help us smile are zygomaticus, maticus, the zygomaticus, the major and minor, the levator, anguli oris, and risorius. Other muscles of facial expression, we've got the orbicularis oris, the orbicularis oculi, the, levita the levator labi superioris, the levator labi superioris alique nasi, depressor, depressor anguli oris, depressor labi inferioris, the mentalis, and the platysma. The buccinator is highlighted, and we have the origin and insertion for the buccinator. The origin is alveolar processes and pterygomandibular raphe. The insertion is skin and muscle tissue at the angle or corner of the mouth and lips. Another muscle we've got is the hyoid muscles. So these are chewing, swallowing, and speech. The suprahyoids, so the elevation of the, 
of the hyoid bone, retraction and depression of the mandible. These muscles are important in chewing, swallowing, and speech, like I've just said. And we have the infrahyoids. This is these muscles stabilize the hyoid bone to prevent it from being elevated by the contraction of the suprahyoid muscles. So the thyrohyoid, sternohyoid, sternothyroid, and omohyoid muscles. Now we've got the neck muscles. There are two, the sternocleidomastoid and the trapezius. So the sternocleidomastoid, we've got the, the origin is a sternum and clavicle. The insertion is the mastoid process of temporal bone. The action is it tilts and rotates the head. The nerve is the excess, it is the accessory, accessory nerve, cranial nerve, 11. Trapezius, the origin is occipital and vertebral bones. The insertion is a scapula and clavicle. The action is it rotates and elevates the scapula. So shoulder shrug is the think trapezius, the shoulder shrug. The nerve is the accessory nerve and this is cranial nerve 11. Now we are going to talk about the tongue. So make sure that you know all about the tongue. So the blood supply for the tongue is the lingual artery. It's a branch of the external carotid artery. Innervation is the hypoglossal nerve, motor nerve to the most muscles. This, uh, the V3 tri trigeminal nerve. This is sensory to anterior tongue. The facial nerve, nerve seven, taste sensation to anterior tongue. The glossopharyngeal nerve, which is nine, and this is for sensory and taste to the posterior tongue. You've got the intrinsic muscles and extrinsic muscles. Going back up to the intrinsic muscles, we have start and end within the tongue. Determine the shape of the tongue, superior, inferior, longitudinals, the transverse and vertical groups. You also have the extrinsic muscles, so control the position of the tongue. The hyoglossus and styloglossus, the palatoglossus, and the genioglossus. So <laughs> here, when you think about Gene Simmons from KISS, uh, that may help you with the genioglossus. Um, now we're moving on to the papillae of the tongue. We've got the circumvillate, the filiform, fungiform, and foliate. So going back up to the circumvillate is 8 to 12 in number, anterior to sulcus terminalis, contain taste buds and glands of von Ebner. And two, filiform, keratinized tips give tongue its velvet appearance. No taste buds, most numerous papillae type. Now we also have the fungi form, fungi form, red bumps, and they contain taste buds. And folate, or the foliate, it folds, folds of tissue at posterior lateral border contain taste buds. And we've got some other notes. Dorsum, this is the top of the tongue where the papillae or papillae are located. Ventral, this is the bottom or underneath surface of the tongue. The sulcus terminalis, this is the V-shaped line separating posterior one-third and anterior two-thirds. The foramen cecum, found at the point of the sulcus terminalis, site of the embryonic origin of the thyroid gland. Now we are going to talk about the tongue. So make sure that you know all about the tongue. So the blood supply for the tongue is the lingual artery. It's a branch of the external carotid artery. Innervation is the hypoglossal nerve, motor nerve to the most muscles. This, uh, the V3 tri trigeminal nerve, this is sensory to anterior tongue. The facial nerve, nerve seven, taste sensation to anterior tongue. The glossopharyngeal nerve, which is nine, and this is for sensory and taste to the posterior tongue. You've got the intrinsic muscles and extrinsic muscles. Going back up to the intrinsic muscles, we have start and end within the tongue. 
Determine the shape of the tongue, superior, inferior, longitudinals, the transverse and vertical groups. You also have the extrinsic muscles, so control the position of the tongue. The hyoglossus and styloglossus, the palatoglossus, and the genioglossus. So <laughs> here, when you think about Gene Simmons from KISS, uh, that may help you with the genioglossus. Um, now we're moving on to the papillae of the tongue. We've got the circumvillate, the filiform, fungiform, and foliate. So going back up to the circumvillate is 8 to 12 in number, anterior to sulcus terminalis, contain taste buds and glands of von Ebner. And two, filiform, keratinized tips give tongue its velvet appearance. No taste buds, most numerous papillae type. Now we also have the fungi form, fungi form, red bumps, and they contain taste buds. And folate, or the foliate, it folds, folds of tissue at posterior lateral border contain taste buds. And we've got some other notes. Dorsum, this is the top of the tongue where the papillae or papillae are located. Ventral, this is the bottom or underneath surface of the tongue. The sulcus terminalis, this is the V-shaped line separating posterior one-third and anterior two-thirds. The foramen cecum, found at the point of the sulcus terminalis, site of the embryonic origin of the thyroid gland. There is another beautiful chart that we're going to go over, and I will go over this as fast as possible, but make sure that you don't skip this. These are the motor nerves study guide. So what I'm going to do is break these up into three columns. We've got the classification, the muscle, and then the motor nerve. So first I'm going to say the classification, go over the, mo the muscles, and then the motor the motor nerve. So classification number one, muscles of mastication. The muscles are master, temporalis, medial pterygoid, lateral pterygoid. The motor nerve is trigeminal nerve, mandibular division V3. The neck muscles, we've got sternocleidomastoid muscle, the trapezius muscle, and the motor nerve here is the access accessory nerve. Facial expression muscles, we have auricular muscles, nose muscles, obicularis oculi, procerus corrugator, the occipital and frontal muscles, the orbicularis aris, levature and depressor muscles, the zygomatic major and minor, the mentalis, the rhesorius, platysma, buccinator, and all of those motor nerves are the facial nerve seven. And classification tongue muscles, so intrinsic and extrinsic muscles, superior, inferior, longitudinals, transverse and vertical muscles, the hyoglossus, styloglossus, genioglossus, and the, patal the, the ptaloglossus. So here we have the nerve is the hypoglossal nerve. 12, last one. And then the uh, the pallido, sorry, the pallidoglossus is the vagus and accessory. So vagus being 10 and the accessory is the 11, nerve 11. Now classification muscles of the soft palate and pharynx. So, so the muscles are the pharyngeal constrictor muscles, the the pallidoglossus, the pallidopharyngeal, Gius, the levator, the levator villi palatini muscle, the salipingo pharyngeal muscle, the uvula, the uvula muscles, the stylopharyngeus muscle, the tensor villi palatini muscle. So now all of those muscles that I butchered terribly, again, this whole chart will be in the notes section, so make sure that you can read and understand what muscles they are. I will say that the muscle or that the motor nerves for all of those muscles are the vagus and accessory, the glossopharyngeal nerve, and the trigeminal nerve. Now we're moving on to the classification, which is the hyoid muscles. These are the suprahyoids, and the muscles are digastric, mylohyoid, stylohyoid, 
genohyoid. Now in this order, the motor nerves are V3 and V7, V3, V7, and then the last one is the first cervical nerve, so C1. And that's the geniohyoid muscles for C1. And lastly, the classification is the hyoid muscles. This is the infrahyoids. So you've got sternothyroid, the sternohyoid, omohyoid, and the thyrohyoid muscle. And the motor nerves here are C2 and C3, the second and third cervical nerves. And now we're going to go into the odontogenesis. This is the origin and formation of teeth. So the human embryo has three layers. We have the ectoderm, mesoderm, endoderm. So the ectoderm is the outer covering of the body, lining of the oral cavity and enamel nervous tissue. The mesoderm is forms the skeletal and muscular systems in the organs. The endoderm is the epithelial linings of the internal organs of stomach, intestines, etc. The development of the face begins at week three with the formation of the stomodium. Is the beginning of the face. This primitive mouth later becomes the oral and nas nasal cavities. Tooth enamel forms from the ectoderm lining lining the stomodium, dentin, cementum, and pulp form from the underlying connective tissue known as the ectomesenchyme, ectomesenchyme. The initial stage, the ectoderm lining the stomodium gives rise to oral epithelium and the dental lamina. The bud stage, the BUD stage, the dental lamina grows into the underlying mesenchyme, connective tissue in 20 different places. The cap stage, the CAP stage, this is the enamel organ develops from the dental lamina and will produce enamel. The dental papilla arises from connective tissue, the ectomesenchyme, and produces pulp and dentin. The dental sac surrounds the developing tooth and becomes the PDL, cementum, and alveolar bone. You also have the bell stage. Cells increase in number and form a bell shape. The enamel organ has four distinct layers, outer enamel epithelium, the stellate recuticular, reticulum, stratum intermedium, and inner enamel epithelium. The inner enamel epithelium becomes the amelioblast that produce enamel. The basement membrane separates the IEE from the dental papilla. Odontoblasts from the dental papilla produce dentin. The greatest extent of differentiation occurs at this stage. And then we've got the opposition stage, the layer by layer formation of tooth structure and the maturation stage, tooth tissues fully mineralized with hydroxyapatite. Hydroxyapatite is crystallized calcium phosphate. Reduced enamel epithelium. The four layers of the enamel condense together after production of the enamel. Most of the REE is lost after eruption. The junctional epithelium, the remaining part of the REE after tooth eruption. The Hertwig's epithelial root sheath, used as the blueprint for the root outline, dissolves after root formation. Rest of malaise, remaining cells of the HERS, may be source of the cyst in the PDL. The signal for tooth eruption is a formation of root dentin. Root formation begins after the crown is complete. The root is not complete for one to four years after eruption. Histology. Histology. The cell, fundamental functionally self contain unit of the body. So we have cell membrane, lipid bilayer with proteins, controls the passage of materials in and, out, in and out of the cell. The nucleus stores genetic material, the DNA of the cell, controls chemical reactions and synthetic activities. You also have this cytoplasm, watery gel includes by membrane, 
contains organelles. All metabolic act activities occur here. Lysosomes contain digestive enzymes for cellular digestion, important in phagocytosis. The Golgi apparatus, packaging and secretion of protein material. Mitochondria, uh, energy production, ATP, the powerhouse of the cell. The endoplasmic reticulum, networks of membranes. The rough ER contains ribosomes for protein synthesis. Filaments and tubules is structure, structural support for the cell. Now we're moving on to tooth, tooth tissues. So here's some facts about enamel, dentin, pulp, and cementum. So enamel, 96% mineralized is the hardest tissue in the body produced by amelioblasts from the IEE. Lines of rhesus are incremental lines from mineralization. Enamel spindles are ends of odontoblastic processes crossing the DEJ. Dentin, so 70% mineralized, forms greatest bulk of the tooth, produced by odontoblasts from dental papilla, primary deposited before completion of tooth root mantle dentin first layer of dentin immediately adjacent to the DEJ contains Koroff's fibers thick heavy collagen the circumpupal pupal dentin is the remainder of the dentin secondary develops after crown is in occlusion the dentinal tubules hold odontoblastic processes fluid movement in these tubules can cause pain now the pulp contains fibroblasts odontoblasts histocytes blood vessels nerves and pulp stones and cementum this is 50 percent mineralized it's the same as the bone found on surface of the root Produced by cementoblasts located in the PDL contains cementocytes and lacunae Cementum is thinnest at the cervical and thickest at the apex. Nourishment for the cementum is obtained from the PDL. Moving on to the oral mucosa. The oral mucosa is composed of an epithelial layer composed of a stratified squamous epithelium and a connective tissue, lamina propria, separated by the basement membrane. You have the masticatory mucosa, keratinized stratified squama, squamous epithelium, gingiva, and hard palate. The lining mucosa, usually not keratinized, has a submucosa, buccal labial mucosa, floor of the mouth, soft palate, alveolar mucosa, and the vestibular mucosa. The specialized mucosa is located on dorsum of the tongue, four types of papilla. Now we're going to talk about embryology. So summary of the development of the oral cavity and face. Face. Most structures of the oral cavity develop from two embryonic processes, the frontal process and the first brachial arch. The frontal process, forehead and frontal bone, median nasal process, center and tip of nose, nasal septum, and the globular process, the, fil the philtrum premaxillary palate. And we also have the lateral nasal process. This is the sides of the nose and the infraorbital areas. Now we're going to talk about the first brachial arch. So here we've got the maxillary process and the mandibular process. So going back up to the maxillary process, you have the lateral palatine processes, the palatine shelves, upper part of cheeks, and the sides of upper lip. The mandibular process is the lower jaw, lower parts of the face, and lower lip, and the anterior tongue. Posterior tongue develops from the second and third brachial arches. The development of the face begins about week three. Remember that, week three. The upper lip is completed by week six to eight, and it is formed by the fusion of three processes, the median nasal process, right maxillary process, and left maxillary process. The palate develops between weeks six and 12 from the fusion of the global globular process with the left and right palatine shelves. Embryonic processes fuse anterior to posterior. Clefts occur when these processes fail to fuse completely. Most malformations occur during the first trimester of pregnancy. 
salivary glands notes. Salivary glands are exocrine glands. They have ducts. Saliva, saliva flow is stimulated by the parasympathetic nervous system. There are three major pairs of salivary glands. We have the submandibular gland, the sublingual gland, and the parotid gland. So now we're going to go back up to the submandibular gland. 65% of total saliva, largest portion of saliva. The Wharton's duct empties under the tongue at the sublingual caruncle. Mixed secretions, mostly serous, located near the, the angle body of the mandible. Parasympathetic innervation by cranial nerve 7, which is the facial nerve. Sublingual glands, so 10% of the total saliva. Ducts of ravinous, ravinous or uh, Bartholin's duct. This is 8 to 20 ducts here. These are mixed secretions, so mostly mucus, located in the floor of the mouth near the midline, parasympathetic innerva innervation by cranial nerve 7. Again, that's the facial nerve. And the parotid gland. So this is 25% of the total saliva. Stinson's duct empties opposite from the maxillary molars. Serous secretion only contains amylase to break down starches located in front of and below the ears parasympathetic innervation by cranial nerve nine the glossopharyngeal Moving on to the tempo, temporomandibular joint, or the TMJ. Here we've got the parts. So we've got the temporal bone, mandibular, or man, the mandib mandible, the articular disc, the capsule, ligaments, and the tendons. So going back up to the temporal bone, the mandibular fossa, glenoid fossa, or articular fossa. Articular eminence just anterior to the fossa. The mandible, we've got the condyle. Articular disc, fibrous pad of dense collagen tissue, thick and posterior, thin and center, divides joint into upper and lower synovial cavities. And the capsule, thick filamentous tissue surrounding joint reinforced by tempo temporal mandibular ligament so the tmj ligament inner lining secretes synovial fluid which lubricates the joint the ligaments here attach bone to bone tendons attach muscle to bone so movement we need to know about the tmj movement gliding or sliding movement the disc and condyle move forward and backward protrusion and retraction re Retrusion, the rotational or hinge movement. This is the elevation and depression of the mandible. The disc of the TMJ moves in conjunction with the condyle in formal function, in normal function. So we've got the muscles of mastication here. So also definitely remember these. We've got elevation, depression, protrusion, retrusion, and lateral shift. So the elevation is masseter, temporalis, medial, pterygoid. The depression is lateral, pterygoid. The protrusion is lateral, pterygoid. Retrusion, temporalis, and lateral shift is the lateral, pterygoid. And lastly, the dental anatomy lightning round. So memorize these. These are just little tidbits. So tooth with the mesial crown and root concavity is the maxillary first premolar. Premolar most often having two roots is the maxillary first premolar. Tooth with the longest root is the maxillary canine. Tooth with most often fails to develop is the third molar or the maxillary lateral. Tooth with a non-functional lingual cusp is the mandibular first premolar. Tooth with most likely to exhibit lingual caries is the maxillary lateral incisor. Premolar tooth that commonly has three cusps is the maxillary second premolar. Tooth most often affected by microdontia, which is the maxillary lateral incisor or the peg lateral.